Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello, it is back to Ayers Not on the Road. <laughs> hey, you wow. know, we're, we're just, we're hibernated at our Park City house and is hibernated the right word? It kind of is. It kind of feels like it. It kind of is. And, um, we're so glad this is radio and not television because uh, I haven't combed my hair today and I've still got my Breathe Right strip on my nose. <laughs> It'd be pretty bad if we were on TV. Yeah, man. I, I think a lot of people feel that way right about now. I, I know. For the first time yesterday, I didn't get out of my pajamas all day. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything while I exercised. But... Maybe hair care products are not selling too well right now. <laughs> I'm having them sent to my house, though. I don't have to go get them. That's nice. Um, so It's we... a funny time. We, I mean, one of the things that's blossoming now is virus humor oh my gosh and some of it's really terrible and some of it is really funny <laughs> honestly probably it's just going around like crazy so probably you've heard a lot of these but it really is pretty funny um what are a couple of your favorites Linda? i don't think anyone expected that when we changed the clocks we'd go from standard time to the twilight zone <laughs> That's true. Yeah, time is a strange thing these days. And this was his quarantine day five. Went to this restaurant called The Kitchen. You have to gather all the ingredients and make your own meal. I have no clue how this place is still in business. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I really, I really love. I'm so excited. It's time to take out the garbage. What should I wear? Oh, it's a new normal. Let's hope it's not the new normal. Let's hope we get back to, to uh, you know, where we were. Maybe we get back to something a little better than what we were. Um, well, we've had a fun week, even though with the pandemic, it is amazing. I had the most wonderful birthday. I saw every single one of my children and grandchildren which is the first time in eons in, ever that I can remember since all the kids started leaving. All together all on the screen. All together on a screen. And maybe, I mean, two of them are in Europe, so they were fast asleep because it was an evening, and they left they had sent messages. messages. Yeah, they left messages on their own with their kids and so on. It really is pretty amazing. It was an amazing birthday. When you see all your grandkids singing happy birthday to you on a Zoom call with some of them coming in... <laughs> A little faster than others because of time delays, so it sounded like a round. It sounded like they were singing happy birthday as a round. But they did. <laughs> they did. In fact, there is a big, huge one citizen thing this year, I mean this week, on TV with people from all over the world there. And I heard that they had a symphony orchestra who who played. And, I, you know, they each played from their own home. I can't imagine that they all were really <laughs> together with the time delay. That is wild. But things are crazy. You know the thing I like the best about this, I think? What? I have never heard family, the word family, mentioned so Used many so times yeah. on television and social media than as we have in the last um, six weeks. It's amazing. Everybody is talking about their family. The, the nighttime shows are at home with their kids. Um, the daytime shows are at home with their kids. And they're just talking a lot about family. I, I love it. Well, and that's a good segue, Linda, into what we want to talk about today because we are still we are still giving speeches to audiences of parents, but we're doing it on Zoom now. And in a way, 
it's it's really better because we see people in their homes and they see us in our home, just like the the the, the night the late shows and so on. People on the news shows, people broadcasting from home. Well, we're doing our speaking from home, and uh, I like how it works. And, and interestingly, the main subject, the main topic we're doing these days is is called um, what to do when you're stuck at home with your kids. But the subtitle I like even better. The subtitle is um, using this intermission as a launch pad for the rest of your life. In other words, we like to think of this as an intermission. Things have kind of ground to a halt. Act one seems a, a while ago. That was the old days. That was before the virus. And Act 2 is coming up after we're out of this quarantine situation. But think of this two months, three months, whatever it turns out to be, as an intermission and as a time to figure out what you want to be different in your family when things return to normal, when they're back in school, when you're back at work, when everything, when the stores are open, when the ball games are going on again. Do you want to just go back exactly like it was, or do you want to change some things so that your life in Act 2 is actually better than your life was in Act 1? Uh, you know, it is, it's interesting, though. When we started this, it seemed like the days were three days long. I mean, I saw something that said, I have... I have had seven meals and three <laughs> naps, and it's still the same day. And it's still today. It really is amazing how slow that time was going. At first, it was just dragging out forever. And I don't know if this is the way it feels so, for you. But now, time has started going faster. And yeah. now, you, you kind well, you of get figure this out. Well, well, now, you're figuring out, well, maybe I can really I can be do productive. Some things, you yeah. know, I, I can really... I can do some things because exactly. it was hard to get things moving at and, first. And so appropriate to that, we are going to do the show today on that using this intermission as a launch pad for a better life in Act 2. And we're going to we're going to resort back to one of our favorite books that we ever wrote and, and one of my favorite titles. It's a book called The Happy Family. What's happening to families and how to save yours. And this is a book, Linda, that uh, in it we, we list 11 things that we think are always part of happy families. And, and I want you to, I want to just, we want to read you one little part that kind of leads into it. And uh, then we'll go from there. Because, and think how appropriate this is to the situation we're in right now. On the first page of Anna Karenina, Tolstoy makes a most provocative statement. He says, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. When we first read that sentence, we disagreed with it on two levels. First of all, no family is completely happy or completely unhappy. So what was he talking about? And second, no two families, happy or unhappy, are alike anyway. But, we said, maybe Tolstoy didn't mean the way we first read it. Maybe he simply meant that there are an infinite number of ways to fail as a family, but there's only one way to succeed. Perhaps he was suggesting there are certain essential elements that are a part of all happy families, certain things that buttress and protect a family from forces that otherwise would inevitably tear it apart. 
And those elements never change. Now, we don't know if that's exactly what Tolstoy meant, but we think that would be true. And so what we did in this book, we'll tell you a little more about how and why we wrote the book later in the show, but we want to get to the heart of it. We decided, and this was based on several decades of being with parents, writing to parents, speaking to parents, and so on. And we decided there were actually 11 things, you know, spinning off of Tolstoy right. that uh, that really made a difference, that really, that were always there, elements that were always there in families that seemed to be doing pretty well. Let us read you the list, and then we'll see how many of them we can get to during the show today. So as we read this list again... These can happen in a lot of different ways. They can happen in a lot of different socioeconomic levels. But these are the 11 things that we believe are always there in some form in a family that's doing well. And that's where you would get all happy families are the same. They all have something to do with each of these 11 elements. And as we read them, you might just think about if you're if you're where you've got a pen write down the ones that maybe you feel weak on or that you feel strong on or you can replay this podcast and listen to them again and check your own family and see where which of these 11 you have and which of these 11 you might want to work on harder during this intermission that we're calling the, the covid virus pandemic so here they are okay so the first one is obvious for all of us commitment but and recommitment. That's what we have to keep doing. We're always committed, but then you have to recommit yourself. Frequently stated as well as demonstrated. Number two, a clarity of purpose. Some kind of formal or informal, written or implied family mission statement. Some conscious effort or approach to parenting or strategy. Oh, we had so much fun. We need to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we'll come back to these. Making a family mission statement. Number three, a true prioritizing of family and family relationships. Personal time management reinvented to reflect family priority. Uh, We're going to get into that one. Number four, communication. An insistence on communicating and a constant effort to make that communication better within your family. Number five, family rules, laws, or standards. Some kind of a legal system in your family. Every good family has it in some form. They, they call it different things. Number six, some sort of family economy. In other words, a way of giving, dividing family tasks and each person having some kind of responsibility within the family. We need to get back to that, too, because we have uh, four little grandsons. They're not little. They're yeah, that's 14 right. and 15-year-olds working <laughs> so hard to earn something they want during this time. This damn <laughs> <laughs> pandemic there got it um number seven, seven fun and lasting family traditions that involve humor and service that's an interesting one every strong family and, and again we're not talking about a perfect family we're talking about a family that's surviving that's that's functional that uh, you know is getting along and is improving little by little and Number seven is one of the things that they all have is some kind of rituals or traditions. Number eight, some sense of heritage, family history, and roots. Families that do well know something about their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their ancestors. That's a common element of all families that are doing okay. And number nine, efforts to 
help kids gain or accumulate an understanding of other people, of other cultures, of the larger institutions that have an impact on their lives. Now, that's a really interesting one. Um, you know, think successful families don't just fall into these cultures. <clears throat> they don't just become a part of the, the Internet culture or the peer culture. They, they understand that there are different cultures in the world and that the most important culture is their family. That's just a basic thing that a good family understands, even the children in the family. Yeah, but there are so many other cultures that we need to expose our kids to, and now that all they can do really is homework and watch TV, there's, there's so many beautiful things on television that will introduce them to the world. And number 10, correct principles being taught. Simple, correct principles, including faith, some kind of faith. That's the hallmark of number 10. And a clear, a set of clear and recognized values, which are even more specific than principles. Let me they just are. let me just let me just get that in your mind one more time. So number one, commitment. Number two, purpose. Number three, prioritizing of family. Number four, communication. Five, some kind of rules or laws. Six, some kind of a responsibility sharing economy. Seven, traditions. Eight sense of roots or heritage, nine, an understanding of other cultures and when to get involved in them, when to be aware of them. Number 10, correct principles in the family and number 11, values. Now, some of you may be saying, oh my gosh, 11 things, I could never do all those. But in actual fact, you can do all of them. You can, and so hang on there because we are gonna talk about these in the second half. There's so many fun things to talk about. There really are, and we're going to try to explain how you can use these 11 as a kind of a grid to evaluate how you're doing in your family and maybe pick the ones where you're weak and work on them during this pandemic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, we're talking, as you might guess, about where we are in the history of the world right now in the middle of a pandemic and some things that you can do with your family that will make a difference after this intermission is over. You know, we're, we're basing it on a, one of our favorite books we've ever written, a book called The Happy Family. It's a book that we published with St. Martin's Press, a wonderful, large New York publisher, and I've got some notes inside of our copy. Do you remember, Linda, that we wrote this? It took us six years to write this book. And we wrote a lot of it on cruises. It was during a time in our lives when we were speaking a lot on crystal cruises and on other cruise lines. And we were using the time, which can get pretty boring. By the way, would any amount of money get you on a cruise boat today? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, we, we loved writing it there. And, and our Beloved friend Stephen Covey, who uh, we miss so much, wrote us a a preface to the book, and uh, I want Linda to read some of what he said because it'll just remind us of Stephen and what a amazing guy he was, and how much we we love and miss him. And um, but it, it's also kind of a good introduction to what we're trying to say in yeah, the book. Bless his heart. As families become weaker from too busy parents and too exposed kids and an anti-family forces getting stronger, 
From media to peer group influence, we're headed for personal and social crisis. In this powerful book, the IRS suggests timely ways for parents to protect and strengthen their individual families. And for society <laughs> and, our and our larger private and public institutions to revalue our most important institution of the family. And remember, Linda, it was also a time we were working with Kathy Lee Gifford. Some of you will remember her. And she wrote a beautiful thing for the back of the book for us. Kathy Lee said, today's single greatest personal challenge is balancing our careers with our families. My friends, Linda and Richard, I have written eloquently about this balance. More important, they've written personally and practically about how to obtain it. The Irish do more than walk talk the talk, they walk the walk. That's just yeah. a trip down Kathy memory lane. Lee Gifford is a one of a kind. She was so dear. She was great. What a great person. We miss her seeing her on TV. Yeah, we really, really do. And um we said in the first part of the book that our, we had some goals here, and we essentially said America's most basic institution, the family, is breaking down, and this breakdown is the direct cause of steep increases in other, is the direct cause of steep increases in social problems from crime to violence to gangs to teen pregnancies to drugs to poverty, etc. So we're essentially saying, hey, there's a lot of problems in the world. All of them are caused indirectly by weakening families and homes. And all of them would be fixed if we could do a better job of keeping those families together. And then, and then I remember, Linda, just looking at it now, one of the things we did to start the book out was a series of case studies on families who were doing relatively well to relatively poorly. And we label them as A families, B families, and C families. And the A parents, let, let's just read what the A parents were doing. And this is the other extreme from the C parents who just aren't very interested. Um, the parents in the happiest families seem to have a strategy and an offense. They've thought quite a bit about what they want to teach and to give their children, and they enjoy parenting. It's the center of their lives. A family C, a, a, a families. A families, the A families. Oh, a families, yeah, there we go. Out as a, families. a families seem to have certain common elements, commitment, communication, values, traditions, and lasting dependable kind of family infrastructure. Their children feel secure and are the first priority, yet they share in the family's responsibilities. So basically what, what we're trying to say is that there's no one way. We're not trying to give some template or some exact formula for how to raise a family. We're just saying there's a million different ways to do it, but when you cut through to the essence, all families seem to have those particular things, those 11 things that we mentioned in the first half of the show. So let's just use whatever time we have in the remainder here, Linda, to talk a little about some of these that are maybe less obvious than, than the others. Let's just go down the list quickly and say the things we think you might not be aware of when you when you first hear it. Number one, commitment. We put that one as number one because it, it infuses all the rest. Families where the commitment is obvious and strong, the children are more secure. The problems that come up, as they always do, are like bumps in the road. There's no one saying, oh, maybe the marriage will end, maybe the family will dissolve. No, no. 
the commitment is is unconditional. We'll work our way through this. We'll find a way through. So number one, commitment. And the next one, a clarity of purpose, which kind of is self-explanatory. But now that we are uh, working parents or home, whether you're mother or father, with the kids all the time, this purpose is more in your face, and it's a good thing to think well, about. Well, and and formalizing the purpose by having a family mission statement can can really nail that down so kids feel the purpose you have in your family. And then number three may seem obvious, a true prioritizing of families, but that's the one we constantly work at. And, and we suggest in this book that you need a new form of time management. You can't just get up in the morning and make a list of the things you have to do because so often those are the squeaky wheels. They're the things connected with work or with places you're being evaluated or with what you have to get done in order to get paid and so on. Somehow reinventing time management. So the first thing you do in your planning, what does my family need? What do my children need? What does my spouse need? You think about that before you think about the have to do's, the choose to do's before the have to do's. Um, number four is communication, which is so important. And we are finding our families are communicating so much more, sometimes in a not very nice way, too, because yeah, yeah. when you're together all the time, there's a lot of explosions going on, you know, because it's kind of like a pressure cooker in some ways. But it really is important to communicate your feelings and well, talk about how you feel. And, and that, that's what the key is, what you just said, Linda, insisting on communication, not having these times where you say, oh, we're just going to agree to disagree. Oh, we just can't get together on that. We're just not going to. It's better. It's, sim it's a lot of times simpler not to communicate. And that's what you have to fight against, insist on the communication. Number five, family laws. You know, we, the most common question we get when we speak to parents is about discipline. Yeah, how, how do, do I, I discipline? discipline? And the answer is you don't discipline your kids. You set up rules in a family legal system where everyone knows what the rules are and what the consequences are. You don't make it up as you go along. And, and the best families have some simple rules. Right, and you have the kids involved in deciding what the consequences are so that when it happens, it's not just you coming down as the parent. You've decided as a family, oh, this is what's going to happen. You broke that law. Yeah, and I know we're being cursory on these, but just as a checklist for you, some kind of a family economy, number six, not uh, not a welfare economy, not where you just hand kids money when they need it. Some kind of an economy where, the, hey, there's certain things to do in this house. Those who have part of the responsibility will get rewarded for it. There's a certain amount of money that comes into our family. Those who do the work will get a little percentage of it. So kids understand they're part of a family. They're they're not just the partakers of the family. They're the contributors. And and we've written a lot on that. You've heard us talk about well, it before. I, I do have to mention, though, that we have these four cousins that are working so hard during this time because they Hello, have their grandsons. eye on something they want. It's called a one wheel, and it's expensive, <laughs> and it's dangerous. <laughs> we're hoping, we're hoping we're they hoping don't, they don't earn enough money to <laughs> buy them. <laughs> but it has really been so fun to say, to hear these kids say, okay, what can I do now? What can I do? And luckily, one of the kids' family is kind of remodeling their house or fixing it up and painting decks and everything. And this kid has learned how to re <clears throat> fix cars, <laughs> paint rooms. Yeah, he's really been. It is amazing really... what they have done when they, when they really need money. And it is 
inspiring. Yeah, and so, and then number seven, some kind of family traditions or rituals. The best families we run across actually value those. They relish them. They're written down. They know what their family traditions are. From, you know, what they do on Sundays to what they do at the dinner table to what they do on each of their birthdays. They're... They're the glue that holds families together. That's they are, and it's fun to decide, and you can come up with some new ones. Not like, you know, this is our pandemic tradition, hoping that <laughs> it never happens again, but it really is fun to think about some things that they'll remember about this time. So you're, you're just getting the list here one more time. Some sense of heritage and roots. Boy, that's an easy one in a way because we can all find stories about our ancestors. Go to Ancestry.com. Go to, you know, there's so many places now. And, and it's so wonderful in, in the church, in our church, that there's so many resources. And the more kids know about their ancestors, the more grounded they are in terms of who they are. Uh, doing some little assignments to look up a story about an ancestor along with their homework is so fantastic. Number nine is really maybe the most involved one on this list. Helping kids understand what other institutions and other cultures are thinking about that. What are, the, what are the pros and cons of the internet? What are the pros and cons of, of advertising? What are the pros and cons of big business? What are the pros and cons of government? Helping kids to see that their family is the bullseye, but there's all these other cultures, and the more, the more families talk about those, the more kids become discerning. Well, this is a good thing, but this is a bad thing. And well, so, and because it's been so disrupted right now, it's a great teaching tool to help kids figure out what is happening in the world right now. And then number 10 and 11, of course, are about principles and values. And uh, many of you who listen to this podcast often know that we just feel so strongly. In fact, our best-selling book of, of all of our writing career is Teaching Your Children Values. And we feel so strongly that you don't, you don't just assume your kids will pick up the values you have by osmosis or just by living in the same house with you. You actually make a list of the values that you think are the most important values, and you teach them. You spend a month. You, you have a value of the month, and you work on honesty that whole month, and you work on courage the whole next month. It's not a big deal. It doesn't actually take a lot of time. It just takes focus. Once you know what the value is that you're focusing on that month, you'll find and movies, all kinds and of ways sitcoms, to illustrate yeah, it. Everything pops up. Was that honest or not? What? How do you? How should they have done that? It's a good time to talk about values, but it's pretty amazing. I do have to say and remind you that we have something available for free during this pandemic, and it's Alexander's Amazing Adventures. If you just go to valuesparenting.com, yeah, you can uh, well, sign up for those. In fact, there's a whole list of free things. I'm glad you thought of that, Linda, because it ties right into what we're saying. Use this pandemic as an intermission to sort of set up how you want your family to run after this pandemic's over. Yeah, if and you it, have kids between 3 and 12, yeah. those are so fun. They're a half hour they're long. Te they'll teach values they're to your kids. They're fun and funny. They're engaging. Like your kids will love them. So if you just go to valuesparenting.com, and then we do a post every week, scroll down about the third or fourth or line down, you'll find one called 
free help for your family during this pandemic. And you click on that. And one of the things on there will be these values tapes. And there'll be four or five other things you can get for free. I have to say, we didn't do it. We had professional musicians, yeah. comedians, so many good people helping. And, and by the way, speaking of free, if you want the book for free that we're talking about today, The Happy Family, just go to IrsFreeBooks.com and scroll down to The Happy Family, Restoring the 11 Essential Elements that Make Families Work. So, wow, <clears throat> there's a lot to do during this pandemic. The yeah. farther we get, the you more you we were realize, relaxing. well, we just, wait, maybe it's going to be over and I'm a, not going to get this done. <laughs> we just gave you an assignment. <laughs> oh, man, I hope this pandemic lasts a little longer so everyone can get get it all done. Right. <laughs> hey, we we really enjoyed talking today. and we Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.